the podcast from Belmont Chapel in Exeter, sharing the story, living the life. For more information, go to belmontchapel.org.uk. Kind of difficult to know how to follow that, really, isn't it? But we're going to. We're going to. Um, the Dutch artist M.C. Escher loved to draw impossible things. There's a picture on your table. It's on the screen as well. I want you to have a look at it. Just look at M.C. Escher's painting. It's called Ascending and Descending. But look at it carefully and follow the track, if you would, of the hooded figures as they walk up and they walk down the steps. What do you notice about it? I'll give you a moment to think about it. Anybody, what happens? What do you notice? They kind of go up and down and they don't really get anywhere, do they? It's really weird if you follow the figures and see what's going on. It's a little bit of an impossible staircase, isn't it? You could never, you could never build a staircase like it. And yet, of course, Escher draws it. So it's a bit impossible. Already, I think, in the story of Jonah, we have seen quite a few impossible things. Things that we think might be impossible. Look at this one. The sailors took Jonah, threw him overboard. The raging sea grew calm. Well, that sounds a bit impossible, doesn't it? What about this one? The Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. We thought about that, didn't we? And you think, well, that sounds a little bit impossible. Well, what about this one? The Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. It's an amazing story. And you may be thinking, of course, well, surely this, this story is too fantastical to be true. Too fantastical to actually have happened. And, well, that may be the case. But if it's not a story based on actual events, then this is a story which is a parable which is an allegory. And if that's true, then of course, there's an awful lot that we need to pay attention to. Because it must mean that this story is in our Bibles for a very specific reason. And it teaches us stuff. It teaches us stuff about God, and it teaches us stuff about ourselves. But rather like M.C. Escher's drawing, when you look at it to start with, you think everything's fine. And then when you take a closer look, you discover there's more to it. So, what, if, what can we discover from this part of the story? Well, I think there's a few amazing things. Here's the first one. First of all, God gives Jonah a second chance. We've just thought about that, haven't we? Then the Lord, word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Now, I'm going to do a survey If you hold currently a driving license so that you can drive a car or motorbike or a lorry or anything in this country, I wonder if you could stand up, please. Now, there's absolutely no judgment here, but if you passed your driving test on the first time of trying, would you sit down? Now, I'm honestly not going to go any further and say second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. (laughs) On the grounds of the fact that Paula and I, my wife and I, um, have a friend who knocked a pedestrian over on his driving test. (laughs) You can sit down. 
My point is that aren't we glad of second chances? There's a question on your table. I'd like you to have uh, a few moments just to think about it. This is what it says. Talk about it in your tables. Recall a time when you were given a second chance to achieve something. What happened? What did it feel like? I'll just give you a moment to think about that. Just a few seconds, a minute maybe. Okay. I hope you've had a chance to think about second chances. What it's like to be given a second chance. Oftentimes, of course, we're really pleased to be given a second chance to do something. Perhaps we may feel the first time we didn't equip ourselves well. Perhaps we weren't ready for it, whatever it may have been. But the second chance was a good opportunity to get it right a second time. But not only do we learn that God gives Jonah a second chance, we learned this as well, and we heard this in the story. God gives everyone a second chance. The Ninevites believed God, they declared a fast, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. Everybody was given the opportunity to respond to God's message. You know, I think it's really easy to read this story and think, well, God seems to be pretty judgmental, doesn't he? God seems to be pretty angry. He's really fierce. He's really violent. That's why you can tend to read about God in this story if you're not careful. And then as we've already thought, well, of course the Ninevites, well, they were just bad people. I mean, they had it coming to them, didn't they? They were just dreadful people. But you know, I'm not so sure that that's really true. Because actually God gives everyone a second chance. So God's story in the book of Jonah, chapter 3 is actually a story of love and mercy. It's a story of second chance. It's a story that gives people time and space to respond to God's message. And what about the people of Nineveh? Well, to be honest, um, as Tom and Christine said, they were a pretty bad lot, but aren't we? Aren't we as well? Maybe they're not so dissimilar, perhaps, from who we are. And so everyone gets a second chance. Here's the third point, final one. God's word makes all the difference. Now, we don't really know Jonah's reasons, do we? Um, Tom and Christina suggested that uh, the reason why they didn't want to go to Nineveh in the first place because they were, they were pretty worried. Jonah was pretty worried about it because, after all, this was an evil bunch. So the chances are he could be killed. He was coming as a foreigner into a city And he was there to preach God's word. And so he must have been pretty worried. So he ran in the opposite direction, didn't he? Rather than go one way to go across to Nineveh, he went the exact opposite way, if you look on the map, and traveled towards Tarshish. And so it is that we discover that God's word makes all the difference. It becomes the difference for the second chance, if you like. And once you've taken hold of the second chance, we discover that something happened. That mission impossible that he thought he was heading on became mission mission possible. Jesus looked at them, this is what it says in Matthew, and said, with human beings, things, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. 
And we've already seen what repentance means. It's the action of turning around. For Jonah, he literally turned around. He was going in one direction towards Nineveh, who he was meant to be, and he literally went the other way, towards Tarshish. And we're encouraged, aren't we, in this story, to think about repentance. So the people believed God's word, and they turned in the opposite direction, just as Vicky did, going towards, turning around, and going the opposite way. And then we've got a wonderful end to the story, haven't we? It says, as we get into chapter 4, that 120,000 people turned towards God. Now, I reckon that's probably about the whole of the population of the city of Exeter. It's something like that. I think Exeter's a little bit bigger now, probably. But 120,000 must be about the number of people who turned towards God. What does it say? They gave up their evil ways and their violence. Right at the beginning of John's Gospel, which we're studying on other occasions, we discovered this. The Word became flesh, made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. God's Word makes all the difference. He's the one. He's the one who shows by what he did, who says and tells from the words that he said, all about what it means to turn towards God. And so the question is simply that, isn't it? Have we turned towards God? Are we like those people in Nineveh? And have we repented? As we close this section, um, before Clive comes and uh, shares with us and we pray together, uh, there's another thing for you to think about. The people of Nineveh didn't only call urgently on God, They took action. You should find this on your table. Just for a minute or so, name some things we might do to make a difference on our front lines. Our front lines being the places where we are during the week, uh, where we have the opportunity to be Christians, to be salt and light in our localities. Name some of the things we might do to make a difference. And then Jonah was instructed by God to go and tell Describe something about what sharing the story and living the life means for you. You've just got about a minute to think about that, talk amongst it on your tables, and then Clive is going to come and we're going to share some time of prayer together.